Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free Podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Family's Fly Free Podcast. I'm Lynn Mettler, your host as always, and um, I have a guest for us this week. Um, So today I have with me Caroline Makepeace, and she and I, we've run in the same circles for many years as travel bloggers, I think, and and sort of just knew of each other. Um, but several years ago, I invited Caroline to um, to talk with my followers about travel insurance because she knows a lot about that. Um, and I just wanted to bring her um, on the podcast because she has amazing experience traveling, um, very successful blog, and um, I just wanted to get her tips and her insight to share with you guys. So um, let me tell you a little bit about her before we um, bring her on. But um, so Caroline Makepeace is a travel blogger who's been traveling the world um, with her husband, Craig, and their two daughters. She's been traveling since 1997, Um, but with her husband since 2002 and then uh, when their girls were born. So originally from the central coast of Australia, which you'll hear her lovely accent in a minute, um, they now live in North Carolina when they aren't traveling. And they've lived in five countries and traveled through around 60, she thinks, to date. Um, And the Makepeace family have been featured in all kinds of media outlets, and they were even invited to the White House as one of the top digital travel influencers in the world in 2014. And um, in 2020, they were granted um, a green card in the U.S. for their extraordinary ability in the art of travel blogging. And you can find all of their amazing information um, online at why, the letter Y, travelblog.com. So welcome, Caroline. Thanks so much, Lynn. I appreciate you having me. Thanks to everybody listening. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to pick your brain a little bit on travel. Um, yes. You've done all kinds of traveling. We were just saying that before we started from probably single traveling to couples to with kids and now with older kids. And and it's just, it's different at all those different stages. But um, let's just start at the beginning. I'd love to know kind of how you got the travel bug to start with, do you think? Can you trace that back? <laughs> um, I think I can. Uh, I think. Growing up as a child, uh, I didn't travel much. I, my parents didn't have the the means to do that. But I was always a seeker and I always had dreams of wanting to be an explorer. I remember sitting in history class and just thinking, man, that must just be so cool to be the first person to discover something. So I always had that inclination. Uh, and then obviously I didn't know what was possible for my life. And I, I'm a very much big believer now because of the life that I've lived that if someone else is doing it, it's proof that you can too. And for me, that was my brother. So my brother was uh, really good at cricket in Australia. And so he moved over when he was about, um, I think he was about 18, 20. He moved over to London to play cricket there. And so he lived in London for several years. And during that time, he was also traveling around Europe. And some of his friends also went over to join him and live in London and travel. And so I'm hearing 
and seeing his life and hearing all of his stories of traveling around Europe. And I was hooked straight away. I was like, okay, wow, is this possible for me? I want this kind of life. So that was really what led me into it. I went to study teaching at university and um, I was walking around the halls there one day and I saw a, a notice on the wall recruiting teachers to teach in London. And so I was like, okay, well, here's my opportunity. At this stage, I had done three years of my degree. And back then, I think that was the last year they did it, actually, I could leave university with a Bachelor of Teaching. I didn't need to do the fourth year, the Bachelor of Education. And everyone thought I was crazy because they're like, just do the extra (laughs) year because you'll make more money when you get a job. And I was like, why? I have this opportunity to live now. Why would I not take it? And so I for I forgo I went I forgot about the extra year and I hopped on a plane and I traveled through Indonesia for 3 months with two girlfriends and then moved to London and I was hooked straight away I and I just knew I loved living as a foreigner and I just knew that I couldn't live any other life but this and I didn't know how I was going to do it but I knew that somehow I was going to craft a life that always had travel at the center of it and amazingly that's what I've been able to do I've pretty much been traveling uh, as you said as a solo as a couple and then with kids my entire life and and I I have a business around it now and for me there's just no other way that I can live I I just don't feel whole or, or complete unless I have travel at the center of my life Wow. That gives me goosebumps. That whole story. (laughs) That's so, that's amazing. Um, and I love the, like the teaching as your first, um, kind of venture out. Cause that's a way a lot of people can kind of, um, live in another country that kind of have that same desire, right? You can go teach English at least, right. There's certainly a huge need for that in different places around the world. Um, so that could be a great point of entry and then you are getting paid and you can live there. Yes. So what, so Indonesia was your, was that your first like out of the country trip? It it was, I, um, the year previous to me going overseas full time, I had gone to Bali with girlfriends just for a short two week trip. Bali is like um, Cancun for Americans, Australians. They all tend to go there because it's so close and easy. And that was my first time overseas. And that was just like, you know, a two week 19 year old girlfriend trip away but I was so enamored with the experience and I just was so fascinated in being in within another culture and just because I came from small town Australia is not a lot of diversity there so for me it was just incredibly fascinating to be in a culture the Balinese culture and learning about it and interacting with the people uh, and so that further cemented for me that this decision to travel overseas was the right one and you mentioned like being in history class and whatever do you have an interest in history I'm just curious um yes I mean I I took those kind of courses when I was at school and yes I have always been fascinated I wouldn't say it's a huge fascination but I I really love being within the places where history happened and learning it from in that way, not so much from textbooks and stuff. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I just find like for me too, like travel is all wrapped up in learning. Yes. (laughs) So yes, I just love, like you were saying, like to go to experience a different culture and like learn, oh, they do 
this thing this way, which is totally different than whatever my little town or where, you know, um, yeah, yeah, just being, you know, it brings history alive, I think. Yes, it does. It really How cool to like take our kids to, I don't know, see what they are learning in a textbook in person. Yes. Yeah. There's no better education, no better education. Yes. And your girls have gotten to grow up with this as just their lifestyle. Normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, how you did make this travel lifestyle possible for yourself uh, in terms of the cost, like how, how have you been able to make that work? Yes. Um, and I didn't have a lot of money. I actually, when I arrived in London after the backpacking trip around Indonesia, I had around, well, I had a hundred dollars at the airport and I handed it over (laughs) and I got 33 pounds back. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm in a lot of trouble here. I have really no money. I think I had another hundred dollars in the bank and that was it. Um, and that kind of way, and I've done that several times, just shown up in a country with little money and that approach, not sure that I recommend it, but it's, it just forces you. I mean, you're sinking or swimming here. You better like get to work and find a way to bring that money in. And so for me, that was always work. So I arrived in Dublin and I just went, uh, sorry, not the first time. The first time was London, but later I arrived in Dublin as well with no money. And I was just door knocking on pubs until I found a job later that day. And But when I arrived in London the first time, I kind of had work already organized because I was recruited to teach in London through this agency. But I arrived in the summer and so school wasn't starting for another six weeks and I had no money. So it was like, I'm door knocking. So I was literally door knocking on the pubs in London and eventually got a summer job to tie me over. Thankfully, I um, had like distant friend connections who were living in London. So I tracked them down and they uh, welcomed me in to stay in their home. And so until I got myself sorted out and then I was able to pay them rent. And so just slowly it moves progress forward like that. But I was always working multiple jobs. Even when I was teaching, I was doing like casual substitute teaching and getting paid decent money, but I wasn't getting paid in um, vacation breaks and, and, and so forth. So I was always working in bars at night and on weekends and during the break as well. And from there, it, it's just always, even when I met Craig, we just followed the working holiday strategy, just living in other countries. And that's a way you can do it with little money mm. because you arrive, you start earning the local currency. And when you're earning pounds, pounds, goes they go a long way when you're traveling through Europe. At least they did back then. The pound is not as strong as what it was. But if you're earning the local currency, then you're spending that, you're saving that. And so our strategy was to live and work in expensive countries to travel and then travel long-term in the more affordable countries. So we backpacked through um, Africa for six months in between living in, this is Craig and I, living in Dublin to moving to the US. We backpacked through Southeast Asia for like nearly a year. So it was just this concept of let's go and live in a country, earn the local currency, and then we can when you're living in a foreign country, you really are traveling. Like every day is a travel adventure (laughs) and then you can travel long-term in other places. That's pretty much been our strategy always until we 
started travel blogging. And then that same concept was there, but this time we were in control of our income and we weren't reliant on work visas and that kind of stuff. So then we could become more location independent. And that was then our way of funding our travels. And of course, uh, travel blogging, we do a lot of marketing campaigns with destinations as well. So a lot of those travel experiences are funded by the destination campaign, that destination marketing organization, I mean. Yeah. And so they can have you come there and you can experience it and then share that with your, your readers and viewers. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you were backpacking, so like for six months through somewhere, so you just saved Mm -hmm. up enough money till you had enough money to cover you for those six months. And then you did that for six months and then you would go save up enough money and work and then go do something else. Yep. Yep. That's how we did it. You're limited right by work visas too. how, like how long can you live somewhere? I guess it's different by country, but yeah, it is different. And being Australian, we're part of the British Commonwealth. So we oh. have more opportunities for mm. that. So we get two years working holiday in the UK, a visa for there. Uh, you can get a Canadian one. We never, we ended up getting too old to be able to do that because there is a time limit on the working holiday visas. Mm. Uh, and even though uh, the Republic of Ireland is not part of the UK, we could fit, we easily got a work visa uh, for a year for Ireland as well. And then we lived and taught in Bangkok and um, we went through a organization for that. And so that organization could easily get us work visas. And the same for when we eventually came to the US, it was on a uh, an organization that recruited foreign teachers. So they were able to organize the J2 cultural exchange visa for us. So there are, you have to dig a little deep. There are lots of different ways that you can get visas. Some places are easier than others. And, you know, it is time limited a lot of the time, but you just if you're interested in doing this, you just kind of have to do your research. And there are pretty cool, like back then, it was kind of like you're fending for yourself, figuring it out for yourself. But now there's an organization called Global um, Work and Travel, and they're fantastic. They help you find a job, find visas, get settled mm-hmm. into the new country. It, it's a really cool um, opportunity that's out there that makes it so easy for people to do this now. Yeah, my... I always think it'd be neat to have to get the nerve up to do this, to live in Italy. <laughs> it's just like, or just yes, yes. like six months or even, you know, or maybe a year and then just use that as your, we were just watching something on Italy last night. I was like, I really think the rest of my life, I could just explore Italy and that would take oh, yeah. the rest of the time of my life. But, um, but yeah, yeah, just explore Europe, you know, kind of like you guys did from London from there. Cause it's so, so easy to get around there once you're oh, yeah. there. <clears throat> it is. And I, I think that's, really good to choose a, a base being from Australia anywhere else really in the world is a good base you know because we're just so far from everywhere right um and that's why so many Australians will go and use this working holiday visa in in and live in London or go to Canada because both of them are just such a great base to explore the rest of the world yeah so have you used um travel rewards at all um in your travels around the world and can you share how? Yeah, sure. Um, So we have utilized the travel rewards. It's kind of complicated for us and I'll explain that. Um, If you live in America, you are just so lucky with the reward programs and the travel hacking. It's incredible what you can do in America with it. Not so much in other countries. 
it's there, but it's just nowhere near what you can do here. So, you know, until we came to America and could start travel hacking here, we were reliant on doing what we could in Australia. And so we did do it and we were able to get flights uh, through that, which was great. Who's going to say no to a free flight? And I think it's just incredible that you can hack like this. So I think my husband got my, we were living in the US during that time period. We couldn't really do the travel hacking. I don't even really know how big it was back then, but uh, due to our visas and stuff, it was difficult for us to get credit cards and things like that. So mm-hmm. we couldn't really hack, but we were, we did have a lot of points accumulated from our Australian visas. So my husband got free flights from um, Atlanta to uh, Cape Town and back because my brother got married there. So we flew over and thankfully were able to use points because that was a big flight and really expensive. And some flights we've gotten within Australia. And then when we came back to the US in 2017, we were then able to start travel hacking. But one of our problems was that you know, we work with destinations all the time. So a lot of the time our flights and accommodation is covered. And then we started, we accumulated like a million points and then COVID hit. And it was like, okay, we're not going anywhere now. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to yeah. use those points. Yeah. And so we have all these amazing points, which we use, but we don't really get a chance to use them that much, which I know is like a really kind of quality problem and now we have our accountant who is like because you have a travel booking business I don't want you to use these free points for travel actually spend it on your business credit card so you get the tax benefits and so Craig and I are at the point now where it's like well what's the better way for us to utilize these points though so we've got to look at like personals I don't know Amazon cash whatever because from the travel perspective it doesn't necessarily great into our life we're just not able to utilize them as much but we did go to Europe for four weeks in the summer and um, our flights were covered over there but what we were able to do because we had a million points we used them on our hotels which I know is not recommended as the best way to use points I think via flights is better we're, but, we're all about spend them on hotels too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you, you, you got you get a, some free ticket right yeah exactly <laughs> if you got a million points <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> so it was great we had a, a month in summer uh a month in europe and um most of our hotels we we booked through points so we were really excited that we were able to do that even though our accountant didn't like it we were like hey we wouldn't have been able to go if we didn't use the points so right yeah. yes but yeah, I guess when you're when you have a travel business, travel is an expense that you can deduct exactly. from your from your income. So, um, yeah. but yeah, we um, went to Paris this summer and we saved five thousand dollars booking a hotel in points. <laughs> just think it's, that's it's insane. Just amazing. Right. I know. Yeah. We wouldn't have booked that hotel without if we couldn't have booked it in points. So, um, yeah, it's so good. But and just for listeners, you know, talking about it isn't as like truly Caroline is right. Like the U if you, you are blessed to live in the U S to be able to travel hack. Cause I even have colleagues in Canada and they can't do it either. I mean, if you have a U.S. address and you are not a U.S. citizen, you can get um, uh, most U S cards, but if you don't, mm-hmm. unfortunately you're out of luck. Yeah. And I have tried to look at how Canadians or, you know, other, and it's just, you just, <laughs> 
cards. Yeah. We get tremendous near as good. on our cards. So, yes. I mean, it's so good. If you decide you want to go somewhere, you just go, well, I'll just apply for a credit card, get a hundred thousand points. And <laughs> that's my travel covered. I mean, it's just amazing. And I know I'm probably thinking about going back to Australia next year or the year after. Um, and that's, uh, that's not going to be business related. So I'm, I know I can use those points then for that, that flight and hopefully be able to hack into and upgrade into business. Cause that's a really long flight. I kind of want to be able to lie out, lie yeah, down. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about, you know, like raising kids while you, um, have been traveling the world, you know, so how, how do you make that work? And, and, um, I know you homeschool, but if you can tell us a little bit about that, you know, and just, just this whole, uh, I know you're big on just, you know, doing something different, like living differently. Yes. (laughs) Just what is assumed we should all do, you know? Exactly. I've always been, I don't know where this came from because I, I I know my parents aren't that way. They're very, you know, they're old school. You get a job, you save for retirement. And I've just never been that way. I'm just like, why would I do that? Why would I just not enjoy my life now? And why would I not follow where my heart is calling me? Basically, I don't know where it came from, but that's just how I how I live. I just can't live any other way. And I I just want people to understand that even though society tells you not to do it that way, and even though you feel probably very nervous, very frightened, all of those things that are very legitimate. It is possible when you just intend on it. And it's just incredible the way things can move around in your life just to support that desire and what you're capable of doing. Um, and so that for me is just the life I've wanted to live. And so kids came along and everyone was like, well, your travels are over now. And I was like, well, thanks for sharing. I'll show you. <laughs> and it was like, for me, it's like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for me to stop traveling and stop living my life because kids come along. Why can't they be part of it as well? And that's just what we intended. So we started traveling with them since they were born when they, and then we were just doing short trips in and out of uh, Australia. We moved over to America again when our eldest was nine months and then moved back to Australia when she was nearly three. Um, And then when they were six and two, we were living, we went through a really rough financial time and we were living with Craig's parents. And this was at the time we were just building our travel blog. Um, and eventually we got to the stage where it was like, okay, we need to walk our talk here. We need to, because we we wanted to travel full time, but we were scared. And so it's like, we just need to leap and trust that we'll grow our wings on the way down. So that's what we did. We left uh, for three months, we traveled around Australia living out of a tent. Wow. With a six and a two-year-old. Not sure that I recommend that. <laughs> right, man, safe. you got through that. <laughs> right, you can I do know, anything. It's like you, you can do anything. And we were running our business at the same time that was growing quite quickly. We didn't have great financial stability at this time. So we really had to work hard to get that income coming in. And then three months later, we're like, this is not working. We need a different solution. We had enough money then to actually get a loan for a bigger travel trailer. And it was actually, I say bigger, it was bigger than a tent. It was still really very small, (laughs) but at least it was something better than a tent. Mm -hmm. And we ended up traveling around Australia in that for 18 months. 
And our youngest, she was two. We didn't have to worry about schooling for her, but our eldest was uh, almost through her first year in kindergarten. In that stage, she had already learnt to read and do the basics. And in Australia, homeschooling is not as easy as what it is in the USA. And I mean, that you have to have a home base and they come and check to make wow. sure. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't do homeschooling, traveling around Australia. So, but they have what's called distance education. And so she was enrolled in a school and the school sent her lessons every two weeks. We would do the lessons and then send the work back. So that's how we managed to do the schooling part around Australia. I was also a teacher, so I felt very comfortable in doing that. And then um, sort of fast forward a couple of years, we sort of stopped traveling full time. We had a base for 18 months in Queensland and then she went to school for that amount of time. Then we moved over to the US. That's when we came over to the US. So that's when we sort of jumped into homeschooling and it was for both kids. We started off homeschooling. I was, it took me a while to sort of unravel from the idea of school has to be structured and they need these lessons. I was kind of like systemized a little bit. And eventually, as we were traveling, because then we moved into a bigger RV and we traveled the US for nearly a year in that, I started to approach more unschooling way because I started to see they did, you know, they just didn't need all that formal education because they were interacting with life and learning from life so much. It was just, most of it was just irrelevant. Like I remember in Australia traveling around and my daughter had to do this course on car safety and she had to do these lessons about putting a seatbelt on and I just wrote back and said to the teacher I'm sorry I'm not doing this like we're road tripping with our children she's putting the seatbelt on perfectly fine can we just not waste time doing this (laughs) she's got an A in that so it's just this idea of so much stuff is just irrelevant so I'm going to drop all of that and I'm going to just focus on reading and math and everything else they can learn from life. And my youngest daughter taught herself to read. Um, You know, she did math fine. And it was just incredible as a former teacher to kind of see how this all played out Mm. and how well they did. And then after COVID, no, just before COVID, 2019, we stopped the RV. We came to settle in Raleigh permanently because our daughter was, eldest was moving into high school and we knew things had to change then we knew that high school would be important for her friendship wise, socialization, but also having the influence of other adults in her education. And I knew it was time where I needed to just be mum again, not mum and teacher. So that's, we made the decision then for the girls to um, return to school. So now um, they're both at school. They're both thriving, even though they had years of this quite loose way of teaching. They're thriving in school. They're doing really well. And it's just changing how the travel looks for us now. Mm. And now we'd, we're, we're into like a normal kind of structure where we travel in their, their breaks from school and on weekends. And Craig and I do more solo trips and that now. And it's just, you know, when you're traveling with kids, they change so much and every age is just so different with the pros and cons of the family travel experience. And so you just have to be flexible and adaptable to mold with that and understand how is it, how is it going to work in this new phase 
that they're in. And so my girls are 16 and 12 now. So we're in that teenager phase. And um, my youngest, she still loves travel a lot, but my eldest is just like, doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. Yes, we're, we're headed or have hit that also. <laughs> no, weird? isn't it? It's, like, it's so strange. It's so strange. <laughs> and they, all these things she used to love to do now, she doesn't love doing them. And you're just like, man, all right, we just got to roll with what we've got and just work around that. So, yeah, it changes a lot, a lot. But I do, I, I think you can make it work. You just have to, like, see the personality of your kids, the ages they're at, you know. Is homeschooling a great option for your family? It might not be. I felt comfortable doing it because I was a teacher um, and I know a lot of parents may not feel that comfort, but I also do know the learning they get from life and interacting with the world around them is incomparable. They just can't get that from anywhere else. Yeah. That's just amazing. Um, yeah, I agree. Like no better education than no. that. And just, I, I'm just, just the experience of not being yeah, just centered in where you live, but seeing that all the different things that happen in the world and all the different ways people do things. And, you know, yeah. it's just so broadening, I think for them. Um, but yeah, I don't know what happens in the, <laughs> teenage period but I have yeah. several friends going through the same thing and yeah um I we're fine you know just like if you can make sure you engage a don't make them go is what we're finding right if they don't want to go yeah. you know that's no fun for anybody um but try to find places they are interested yes. in you know and then and, and then the slowing down maybe a little bit too because I feel like we have we haven't done anywhere near what you have, but we were just looking back at all the travels we've done and we're like, oh my gosh, like we've been a lot of places. And I think there's some element of travel fatigue that yeah, <laughs> that happens where you just need to take a break for yes. a minute and, you know. Yes, um, you do. I'm in that stage now um, where I don't have any trips planned and I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. I don't want to, because you do, you get burnt out and you get very fatigued and you just kind of want to rest for a little bit because travel is exhausting, uh, especially as you get older, it's harder. And I'm just like happy at the moment to not travel, but I still have it within me. Like I'll still be, I'm writing content now from our Europe trip. And so I'm writing it and then I'm saying to Craig, you know, maybe I'm, I really want to go traveling again. You know, it's just like it never leaves you, even though you think I'm tired, I don't want to travel anymore. It's just something will spark it and you go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to book a trip, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so any thoughts on just um, how travel has changed for you, you know, over time and, you know, as we're, we're both sort of heading toward the empty nest stage yeah. and, you know, um, I guess any any recommendations or thoughts as you've experienced all these different types of travel. <clears throat> yes, I mean I I've got my um emptiness travels all planned out. I think I'm re I'm retiring in Greece and <laughs> I've got all these wonderful adventures planned. <laughs> um yeah, I, I look I just think just know that it's possible. Just think about what it is that you love to do and just pursue that like um, you know, you're talking about Italy, you feel called to go to Italy. And so just like follow that calling and just don't put those limitations up. Don't say, well, I can't do this because of that or can't do it. Just say, well, how I, I would love to live in Italy. How can I? And then just That's leave that question, question open. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you'll be surprised. You might find like a 
opportunity to teach English in Italy or, you know, whatever, these things will just kind of arrive to you and just kind of think about where you are in life, how I travel now, obviously, because I have the kids is very different to how I traveled when I was 20, when I had all this freedom and it was just me. I could just decide what I wanted to do and follow that. But now I, you know, have to think a little bit more about, well, is this what's best for everybody? And we involve the girls, as you mentioned, especially as they become older and the teenage years, you really do need to consult with them more and say, okay, well, what is it that you want to do? Like we were in Europe in the summer and we went to Cinque Terre because my eldest daughter was like, I really want to go here. And then we did cooking classes in Tuscany because my youngest was like, I really want to do a cooking class in Italy. So it's just kind of following, being attuned to them and what their passions and interests are and following those. And I, and I think you can start that with them at a young age as well, even though, Anytime you sort of talk to them about what they want to do, they're probably going to say Disneyland, but that's all right. You know, you can say, we'll get there one day. And what else would you like to do? And sort of kind of from a young age, draw them into that. So they feel like they're a part of the experience and they're getting to understand and pursue their own interests as well. Well, just so what's funny in my family is like, I have always loved Disney more than anyone else. So everyone else is over Disney except... (laughs) For me. For you. <laughs> so we just went over Thanksgiving to Disneyland. Um, and I learned the hard lesson of no one really wanted to go, but me. Right. And so I was like, <laughs> Oh, I wish someone had mentioned that before we got here, but we, we were able to save it. And like, you're bringing the example of what your girl's interests are and then that making it more relevant. So my older son is interested in working in the movie industry. We don't know how oh, in some way. And so we were in LA. And so then we were able to then go do some studio tours and that he, really engaged yes. with and you know yeah. and we were able to kind of like oh on the fly be like oh maybe we could go see a basketball game because one of them is interested in basketball you know bring some other things into it to since nobody really was interested in Disney apparently but <laughs> so yeah I just would caution yeah like you're they just involve them in the discussion and encourage them to share if they don't they yes. don't go because you don't want to drag people no <laughs> and it's it's miserable it's just no no fun and I think we learned that in Europe, we were like, okay, four weeks was too long. And and then especially at that time, well, my youngest, she's in a year-round school, so she only had six weeks in the summer. So four weeks of that was taken up in mm-hmm. Europe. And she really wanted to spend time with her friends. Our eldest was going into public, so she was like traditional calendar, so she got the longer time off summer. But we realised, okay, at this age, it's not a good idea for travel to travel for a long period of time with them. Like I think two pushing three weeks is, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. They do want yeah. to hang with friends and, and just do that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And I think, okay, if you reach that and, and as a parent, if you're like, well, you're still called to, to, to travel and do other things, just see if you can in your life, if it will work within your life to then be able to take some solo trips and see how you can do that. As I mentioned, Craig and I are doing more of that now. A lot of that is around our business. It's kind of like we sort of have to, but at the same time, it's like within your life, well, if if the travel is not working for the entire family, but it's something you really want to do, could you, could you take off for a week? And I really think it's important for, um, 
not just mums, I think dads as well, to to have some time out for yourself, to to show your kids that you are nurturing your mental health and nurturing your own dreams as well so they can see that that's possible for their life. They don't have to sacrifice and give up everything. Yes, I think that's a good, good, good point. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I wanted to, you were talking about, you know, living differently and, and all of that. And I know for me, I haven't done what you have, but I, I have my own business. I work from home and pretty flexible for travel, whatever, but yeah. the, the four hour work week book, which now has gotten to be pretty old by Tim Ferriss, yes. but that really kind of, Oh, that was the first thing that I was like, Oh, <laughs> you just think differently. You don't just have to have a nine to five job. And I just remember, I don't know if it was in his book or what, but like, just if you look at what you pay for a mortgage, if you, if you didn't have that expense and you put that toward, I don't know, even Airbnbs or just your accommodation, like what you could do, just make that shift. And that's just so hard for most of us. We're so ingrained in the, we have a house, we have a car and we have the (laughs) suburban lifestyle. It's very expensive. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And we've, you know, until we, uh, I mean, we bought a house here um, two years ago now and, you know, I'm like that now. I was like, oh my God, all this money I'm spending on living. I could just be spending less than this roaming around the world. That's uh, it. I don't think people realize just how, I hesitate to say affordable, but it, it can be, you can live in other countries so well and travel around like Southeast Asia and Africa on, on just so much less than what you're spending already. And these days there's so many more opportunities um, like uh, house sitting. I mean, that's amazing. You could you could live in a house in Italy for three months and not pay any rent. All you need to do is feed the pets and water the, water the plants. Like, you know, there are just all these great opportunities that people can take advantage of, definitely. Yeah, think outside the box, I guess, right? Yeah. Right, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think it just starts with that question, how can I? And, you know, I think some... I think the most powerful questions to ask yourself in life is firstly, why, why would I, why, why do I want to do this? Why not? Because, you know, my entire life people have said, well, you know, you should do, you shouldn't travel. You should do the extra year at university. You shouldn't travel. You should stay at home with your kids. And I was like, well, why not? Why, why not? Why shouldn't I do this? And then how can I? Because that's just, kind of removing those barriers we place upon ourselves to say, well, you can't do this because you don't have enough money or, you, you know, the kids have to be in school or all these, I've got to climb the, the ladder. And so you just kind of say, well, this is what I feel like I really want to do. Well, how can I? And then doors will, it, it's really incredible how you then start to notice the opportunities that are available to you that you otherwise wouldn't see if you shut that door and say, well, I can't, you were never going to look for those opportunities. Right. And I found too, like if you, that question asking the right question and even just like telling people, just telling Mm -hmm. your network, uh, here's what I'm thinking of doing. And then, and they might, you know, like that's where doors start to open too. like, oh, well, I know someone who blah, blah, blah. And let me connect you with you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and to that point too, I think, I think it's important to find the network of people 
that who are already doing this because mm. one, they will show you what's possible, but two, they're going to support your dreams and encourage it because they know it's possible because they've done it. So you want to be really careful who you tell things to, because there are a lot of naysayers and dream stealers out there. And it's just because they don't know any different and they're scared and they, they do want what's best for you, but they just don't understand. And they're going to tell you all the reasons why you can't. Okay. Thank you for sharing, but you're not who I need to listen to. I need to listen to the people who have already done it and who will help me find the way and believe that I can do it. And I think that's really, really important. I love it. Such good advice. Thank you. Um, so let's just, I just wanted to bring up, I could probably talk with you all day about what you're doing <laughs> because it's so interesting, inspiring, but um, I did just want to bring up travel insurance because I know that you yes. know a lot about that. And um, I definitely, since I, you taught us a lot about that, um, we had to travel summit several years ago, but um, mm -hmm. so I really become a big advocate of it as well, just after learning from you and then, and then having it myself. And we really recommend it to our members and just seeing how many people have been <laughs> saved by that. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to have you share, you know, uh, why you feel um, travel insurance is important, just your thoughts on it. <clears throat> I mean, travel insurance is money that you spend on something that you hope you never have to use. <laughs> so you're like, I don't really want to spend this money because you feel like it's not going to give you anything. But it does. It gives you peace of mind. It gives you security. It gives you money if something goes wrong. And you might think, well, you know, nothing will go wrong. But how do you know that? Look at COVID. Um, we just don't know what might happen. And if you don't have travel insurance and something goes wrong, you could be up for thousands of dollars. And it, it has happened to us. We took a, um, I think it was 2017, we did a, a Caribbean cruise and Hurricane Irma came along and we had to get off the boat in Cozumel and get a flight back um, to Raleigh And because Miami was completely shut down because of the hurricane. We couldn't get back to Miami. Our option was to stay on the boat for another five days until we could get back to Miami, which sounded wonderful, but we had other things that we needed to get back for. And so everyone at this time was trying to get out of Mexico because they're jumping off the ships to get back home. And so flight prices were ridiculous. Thankfully, we had travel insurance, which covered our flights. It ended up being like two and a half thousand dollars for us to get back from there. Totally unexpected, out of our control. But had we not had that insurance, we would have been paying an extra two and a half thousand dollars. And just recently, I went to um, Banff National Park, and unfortunately, I've gone twenty-two years traveling around the world with my wedding ring, and unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I lost it flying out of Calgary. My, um, I got up early 4am, my fingers were swollen. I couldn't fit my wedding ring on. So I thought, well, I'm going to put it in a safe place in my money belt in the very back near my skin. But I'd also put my passport in there. And I think when I went through passport control, I pulled out my passport and my ring has flung out with it oh. without me knowing. Oh gosh. So totally devastating, but a good part of that was that I did had travel insurance. So they were able to reimburse me some money for that. 
like wow I, who would think for exactly yeah <laughs> I didn't I was like well, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this but you know I'll just put it in and see and I and I couldn't get the full value for it because and one thing to be aware of with your travel insurance policy they do have limitations on what they what they'll cover for lost items and so you can increase those limitations we have an annual we travel with an annual policy um and I obviously was not paying attention to what those limitations were. So um, I didn't get the full value of the ring back, but at least I got some money back. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have travel insurance when we were on our RV trip of the US because it was complicated to get it because we were moving all the time and we didn't have a home base. So it can get a little tricky. Um, there are sort of nomadic travel insurance options available now. But I, I made a mistake and I didn't do the research properly. When we were in California, my daughter fell off a hoverboard and we had to take her to the ER to get stitches in her chin and no travel insurance. And that cost us $1,000. So if we had the travel insurance, that would have all been covered. So I am a big believer in, in getting the travel. You just do not know what's going to happen. Yeah. And another one like that we saw happen recently with some of our, at least one member was the wildfires in Maui, Uh, Um, you know, which terrible, terrible tragedy, but um, she had a trip planned, you know, right after that happened. And, and, you know, they didn't want, they, at that point, they didn't feel like it was appropriate to go and they didn't like know what. And so they were able to get, you know, at least partially, I think refunded for, yeah. Cause what, like, again, you can't predict things like that. And then what do you do if there's been a natural disaster where you're headed? Um, so we've, yeah. we've started even in our family life membership, we keep kind of case studies of different people mm-hmm. who have put in a claim. And um, a lot of us do the um, annual plan that you recommended. Yep. I didn't even realize that was a thing. <laughs> we've done that yeah. too every year now. Um, and so, you know, and almost everybody gets reimbursed in some way and pretty quickly. And it's a pretty simple process. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, we haven't had to use it since we've got the annual plan, which is amazing, but I'm yeah. still thrilled to have it. We, and we have had to use it in the past when we just got like, when we went to Europe for the first time and we got just a plan for that and we it w- more than covered itself on multiple things. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. And there's even, I know with that, because we're with Alliance, but I know their annual plan doesn't have this as part of it, but their other plans do. If you are, um, if you have a flight delay, I think it's, um, there's a time limit. It might be four hours. I'm not sure, but they'll know, or you can let them know and they'll send you a hundred dollars. Boom. Just like that straight into your account so that you can, while you're waiting, you can, um, have something to eat, get a drink. That happened to me once when I was on one of their plans. I thought, this is lovely. I went and had a glass of wine and some food while I waited for my delayed flight. So there's so many different perks. Another great perk I love of it is, um, you have to check your policy, but some of them will cover the rental car um, insurance, that excess, you know, when you book your rental car and you arrive and then they want to charge your fortune per day for the the collision coverage, I think it is. Well, if you book it on, um, no, if you have your travel insurance policy, they often cover it and that can save you a lot of money. So there are lots of benefits to it as well, aside from just if something goes wrong, you get things covered. Yep. That's a good point. So yeah, we, we both highly recommend travel insurance if you're going to yeah. be 
doing much traveling at all. Um, and you probably will be if you've, you're working in travel rewards. So, okay. Yeah. I don't want to take um, any more of your time, but tell us um, first, if, well, you said you didn't have much travel plan, but where, where are you headed next? Do you know? <laughs> Um, well, I'm not going anywhere, but Craig is, uh, he goes to New York in January. There's a big travel conference there every year. So he's going oh. to that. And then in February, he's going to Qatar. So, oh. um, yeah, that's going to be a fun, fun trip for him. We have a family trip planned in Wyoming in May and that's it for summer. I'm well, my youngest daughter really wants to go to Greece and I'm always yes for Greece. So we will see how we can fit that in um, if it's going to be possible to do that in the summer. But other than that, we don't have anything else planned. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, tell us um, where we can find you online. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so you can go to ytravelblog.com. It's the letter Y. And then on social media, it's Y Travel Blog on all the social media accounts wherever you guys have great good videos and stuff too right yeah yeah we do the the videos and the reels and put all of that out yeah (laughs) you can visually see some of their amazing travels yeah yeah yeah. it's a a fun life it is yes what an amazing life (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks a million i love this interview this was so inspiring i hope um it inspires folks to yeah, just think a little differently. Think, open your mind to the possibilities with travel. And and even with, if you live in the US, travel rewards, we can absolutely yes. help you with the affordability. And the, But then you got to work on this mindset that Caroline is explaining of you can just, just to do something different and open your mind to what you can do. So, yes. All right. Thank well, you. Well, thanks so much for joining us and everyone. We'll see you on next week's episode. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the US, Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.